Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 86. Today, I am hanging out with the incredible Erin Traylor. She is the founder of Raw Beauty Talks, which is an incredible, incredible organization that is bringing awareness to our media use. And you've probably seen me post a few Reelstagrams or Raw Beauty Talk posts where they are unretouched, unfiltered, simply me. And so Erin has just been such an inspiration to me. You are going to to love our conversation about the impact of media and how to turn it around for good. And she says something towards the end that just totally boggles my mind why I never thought of it that way. So let's dive into this episode. It's a good one. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey, hey, it's Jenna here, and usually this is the point of the show where podcast hosts talk for a solid five minutes about some product that you need to purchase or a coupon code, and maybe you're like me and you just fast forward through it to get to the actual content. But fear not, friends, you don't have to do that here. I have dropped all of my sponsors in an attempt to get back to why I started this whole thing, which is to bring you the best free education twice a week. So today's show isn't brought to you by a paid sponsor. It's actually brought to you by my free Instagram guide, Captions That Convert. That's right. I made a totally free guide dissecting captions that don't just get likes and comments, but captions that actually convert your followers into paying clients. Because what good is that number under your name if it's not showing results in your bank account? Grab this free resource and more at jkinsta.com. That's right. We all love free, so hop to www.jkinsta.com and up-level your Instagram game in no time. Let's dive on into today's show. 
Hey, Gold Diggers, it is Jenna Kutcher, and today I am happy and elated and just so excited to introduce you to Erin Trelore. She is the founder of Raw Beauty Talks, which if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see me taking this account multiple times a month because I am so, so invested in what Erin is doing, and I'm just super thrilled that she has agreed to come on the podcast to talk about it. So welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm also a huge fan of everything that you're doing and can't thank you enough for your continued support of Raw and our initiatives. You're stuck with me. I mean, let's be honest. I remember. So here's a little backstory. Erin, I started following Erin like years ago and I had a phone call with her one day and I was getting my oil changed. So I was sitting in a McDonald's talking to Erin on the phone and we were scheming ways that we were going to change the tone of the internet. And I think that looking at the way our paths have gone and just the connection we still have, I am so excited to just share some behind the scenes of who you are and what you do. So why don't you kick us off and just kind of give us the backstory of you and what you do. Thank you. Yeah. So I started an organization called Raw Beauty Talks back in 2014. And my whole concept with Raw was that I really wanted a space online where I could find the stories and images of inspiring women who were doing really rad things, but that were depicted in a more real way than what we often see in media. So before that, I was looking to magazines a lot, and then internet was really becoming this big thing. So internet as well, to sort of get inspiration from different people. However, I was really only seeing one side of their life. And You know, this was amazing in some ways, but it also was causing me a lot of stress and anxiety. And I was falling into that pit of comparison and and those feelings of not being enough constantly. So I wanted something that gave sort of more of a full perspective of somebody's life. So I launched our beauty talks and I'd interviewed over 200 women, I think. And we talked about everything from body image to confidence and self-esteem to the way that we feel about ourselves when we look in the mirror to to the plastic surgery pressure that we feel as we age and pregnancy, all these different things that often aren't talked about. And we paired that conversation with beautiful images of the women that hadn't been retouched, that hadn't been edited, that hadn't been filtered. And that was sort of the start of Raw Beauty Talks and what kickstarted the movement And since then, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible people like you and brands like Lululemon and Beyond Yoga and Lush and had the opportunity to really carry on this conversation until last fall when I started to feel like, oh my God, I've been talking about this for three years. (laughs) I have to have a conversation about the fact that we're not feeling that great about ourselves behind the scenes. I think I'm going to, I don't know. So I knew that I needed something more and I needed a way to actually take the conversation and turn it into action. So I ended up doing my health and wellness coaching and have created a couple of programs where I work with women one-on-one now to actually move them from that place where 
they're maybe feeling anxious or they look in the mirror and they can't stand who they see or they're unsure about where they're going in life to this space where there's a lot of clarity around their purpose and who they are and their strengths and a lot of self-awareness about their body and what works for them and what doesn't work for them, which ultimately usually results in a huge spike in self-confidence and the, and the way that they feel about themselves when they look in the mirror. That is so crazy. Like, <laughs> like think of Long your journey. Uh, no, I mean, that is like, that doesn't even sum up half of what you're doing. Like talk about what you're doing now, because even just that transition, it just continues to evolve in like an amazing way. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got the coaching going before the coaching started. I created a nonprofit society through raw as well, where we focus on raising funds and providing mentorship to programs that support increasing self-esteem in youth because the end of the day, while it's really great to work with women in their 20s and 30s who are struggling with this stuff, I'd way rather solve the issue and prevent low self-esteem right from the start if we can. So we are working with some incredible organizations that really support raising self-esteem in youth. So one of them we have worked with a little bit is called Girlvana, which is an incredible program. You should totally look it up. And then the other one that we've worked with since the very beginning, since it started, we've been working with them for almost three years now, is called Free to Be. And it is a media literacy and positive body image program that is for both girls and boys in grades six to eight. And the program really helps these kids learn and understand about media and the messages that we receive from media and why we receive them. And then the other piece about the program that I absolutely love is that it helps kids identify their unique strengths aside from their appearance. So those little things that make them special or those things that they're naturally good at that they can build upon and that will increase in value as time goes on aside from their appearance. And I think this is just so, so important when we're living in a world where media is constantly telling us that essentially our greatest value is the way that we look. And so we're so excited to be able to support this program. We actually just launched a crowdfund campaign today in partnership with Caitlin Bristow to raise $50,000 for the program to help send at least 2,000 students through the program in the coming year. I'm so excited to be a part of this and to donate towards it. I think it is so important. And my next question for you is this. Do you remember or can you think back to one of the first times that the media influenced your perception of yourself? I mean, there are Yes. And there are, so, there are so many different little moments, I think, that I was taking in media and that it was influencing the way that I felt about myself. But I know, you know, my mom's somebody who is incredibly athletic. She's never worn makeup. I think she's like, maybe she owns lip gloss and maybe one lipstick in her entire life. She would way rather be on the tennis court than in the mall. So I didn't grow up with this mom who was impacting me in that way. But I definitely remember getting my first subscription to a couple of 
magazines when I was a teenager and looking at the girls and the women in those pages and thinking they had everything. They had Mm -hmm. the most amazing wardrobe, these like handsome men who, hello, like these were (laughs) models. I didn't even know these people, (laughs) but it's the, and I, even at that age, I probably, I knew that, but subconsciously we take Mm -hmm. in these images and we create stories around them and we fill in all the blanks. And so they had money and they got to travel and they were successful and they had love in their life and all of these beautiful things that we continue to see now. And I thought, yeah, sign me up for that, please. <laughs> How do I get that? Well, the first step is having this ideal body type. And so, you know, that was sort of the very beginning for me of of really having this idea that my appearance and that my body equated to love, success, happiness, finding the perfect relationship, getting the best clothes and, and having the best life. But I learned very quickly in the scheme of things, very quickly that that is not true at all. And it was a hard lesson to learn. I, you know, I started off just wanting to lose a little bit of weight off my hips. I am tall. So I'm, I'm five eleven, and you know, had always been a bit of a beanpole. So people used to say to me, you should model. And while it was nice that they were saying that it planted a seed and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, it was okay. Well, if I want to do that, then what do I need to look like? Well, I need to lose a little bit of weight off my hips. And that created this need to diet and the dieting led to counting calories and the counting calories became something that was very out of control where I couldn't stop. And even when I looked in the mirror and thought, Oh, I look too thin now, or I don't like having to think about this so much and work on it. It was too late. I'd already Mm -hmm. developed an eating disorder that had completely taken control of my thoughts and my ability to think clearly. So I was lucky enough to end up being admitted into the hospital. And I spent three months in an inpatient program, which was at the time very difficult. But in hindsight, one of the best things that could have happened because I got the opportunity to do something that not a lot of people have. And that was to take a break from real life Mm -hmm. and to really focus in on what makes Aaron happy. Where does, you know, where do my feelings of joy and, and contentment come from aside from the way that I look and that created a foundation for growth, which I guess, I mean, really it was the platform for what led me to where I am now. Isn't that crazy to look back and while you were in that season, I mean, you probably could have never predicted any of the things that you're doing today. No, I never could have. And it's something that I often tell people when they're going through difficult times, it's very hard to hear it when you're in that moment. But Mm -hmm. when we're in moments of challenging times or seasons that feel really difficult, those are the greatest opportunities to make you stronger, more empathetic towards others. They often result in shifts in your life where you understand what is really, truly important to you. You reprioritize things and gain a lot of clarity. So, I mean, it's often not until you're out of it that you understand that, but if life was perfect 100% of the time, it would be really boring and we would all be very uninteresting and (laughs) there wouldn't be a lot of personal growth happening at all. So when you went to start Raw Beauty Talks, like people weren't doing what you were doing or if they were, it wasn't at that scale. What was it like to kind of carve your own spot in the industry where there wasn't one? 
it was scary. It was, <laughs> I felt very vulnerable because I felt like a lot of people wouldn't understand what I was doing and that it would make them uncomfortable. And I had all of those concerns that you sometimes have when you're starting something new about what would other people think and mm -hmm. what would, especially for some reason, I was really concerned about like my friends who were guys and mm -hmm. the fact that I just was like, they're really not going to understand this and they're going to think like, <laughs> I'm some weird, I don't know, ultra feminist. And I am an ultra feminist, but that term can have so many definitions now. And, you know, it wasn't clearly enough to stop me from doing it. And I'm glad that it wasn't because at the end of the day, doing raw, putting myself out there, being vulnerable has led me to really see which of my relationships are the most important, which, who is there to continue supporting me. And I've also had the opportunity to meet so many amazing people along the way who are very in line with what I'm all about and what I believe in. So were your fears, I mean, did they come true or were they totally irrational looking back? I would say they were 98% irrational. <laughs> Welcome to life. Fears, yeah, fears <laughs> often are. And, you know, when you have those people who do doubt or who do question things, it really just gives you an opportunity to stand stronger in your own beliefs and to figure out how to communicate them to different people. It's really easy to communicate your beliefs to somebody who already has the same beliefs, but yep. to communicate your thoughts and your beliefs and your reasoning with somebody who doesn't see it that way, that takes skill and practice and refinement. And it's an important skill to have if you're trying to create change in the world. So what's been your biggest challenge as you are leading this charge? Oh, <laughs> I mean, isn't that like a sucker punch to the stomach? Like, which one is it? Which one should I choose? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, we're very lucky because we are at a time where this conversation is very relevant and we are seeing a lot of change. But at the end of the day, the beauty industry and the world of media has billions of dollars behind it. So while we can all be saying that you know, we'd like to see more diversity in media and we want to see more body types depicted and we want to hear the true real story behind women. There's also a lot of brands that require us to feel like we're not enough in order to buy their products. And those mm -hmm. brands have extraordinary amounts of money. So at some level, there's always going to be this drive for them to create a gap between what we have and what they need to sell in order to move us forward into purchasing that item. So I think that's the biggest hurdle really is that we're up against these mega companies who have so much money to support them <laughs> and so much power over the media and what we see in the media. But at the same time, I think it's really amazing that social media has come along and give us us, the people, a platform to speak up as to what we like to see and, and what we want to see and to call brands out who aren't doing that. And we are seeing brands affected in a major way. It's mm -hmm. happening. Absolutely. We're, seeing, we're seeing brands like Airy Real who are coming out, who you've done some work with, mm -hmm. who are moving with what the people want and are seeing positive impact on their bottom line. So there's, it's a very cool time to be part of this whole movement and conversation. 
Absolutely. I partner with Aerie all the time. I mean, I'm, I talk to their team probably three times a week. And it's really cool because I'm not paid by them or anything, but I've become kind of a sounding board for them of like, here's what we're seeing. I like test out their clothes yes. and like send back feedback. But the coolest thing about their vision and their mission and why I think they're seeing the bottom line impacted is women like me who are not a sample size. When I buy stuff online, I end up returning about 90% of it because it looks nothing like it does on the model. And when I look at Aerie stuff, like I can look at Iskra, who's an incredible plus size model. And I can say, Hey, this looks bomb on her. It might actually look good on me too. And so I think that it's so cool to like, see the positive reinforcement of them, including more body types, which is so cool. Yes, exactly. And the reality is this body type that we see in magazines is not the body type <laughs> of most people in North America. It's just mm-hmm. not. So I really think that the brands who are with it and engaged and thinking about things from a strategic high level could benefit from yes. including more diversity because people who are doing like exactly like you said, people will be a lot happier with their purchases if it actually mm-hmm. looks like what they're receiving. And they'll resonate with the brand more if they can see themselves in those images. Absolutely. So what has it looked like in terms of working with influencers and them just like getting behind your cause and jumping in? Because you've worked with some really, really inspiring, incredible women. And it's just been so cool to see more people jumping on to your vision. It feels amazing to A, have anybody's support, whether Mm -hmm. they have five followers or five million followers. And I I think you understand that because you have the exact same thing that, you know, any message that you get or any regram or any share that you have from anyone Mm -hmm. really does help solidify the message that you're putting out there. But what I love about having people who are influencers involved is A, I have always looked to these individuals as women who have inspired me and especially when I was in my teens and early 20s. So to see these women doing things, Hilary Duff just shared a beautiful photo of her at the beach with her son and she basically, the point of the post was to put body shamers to silence them because she was like saying how, you know, these magazines are going to publish this photo of my thighs and so I'm going to beat them to it and (laughs) here it is. Here are my thighs world. There they are. They have a bit of cellulite on them and take it or leave it. And everyone loved it. So, Mm -hmm. and I can't help but see those types of images and think if only that was happening when I was in high school, when I was in my twenties, it would have, it would have freed me Mm -hmm. to not be so critical of my own thighs and the cellulite that's there. And so I think that's the main thing is that I know how much those individuals influenced and impacted me. And I know how much these posts can really plant a seed or or alter the course of thoughts that a young man or woman has about themselves. Absolutely. I love all of that. And I, I think too, I feel like our generation and maybe I'm giving us too much credit, but I feel like we actually are thinking of like, what did I need 
when I was that age and how can I become that? I know that that's like a challenge for myself is like, what did I wish I would have had five years ago, 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. And actually becoming that because I think a lot of times we wait for other people to do it and that's putting way too much hope and faith in someone else. So never put your key to success in someone else's pocket. I don't know who said that, but they're brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Be the change that you want to see in the world. It's the hardest thing to do, but because you're often going against the crowds and having to stand out a little bit, but I mean, we only live once, so you might as well stand out and do what you believe in and be that person. It's worth it. And, you know, it feels really good when you are doing that, when you are living in alignment with your values and with your own personal strengths and with your own vision. There's nothing better in life than than being able to do that. Scary doing it sometimes. Oh, it's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's stinking terrifying. Like when you post your Realstagram shots mm-hmm. and or your unedited photos or your mm-hmm. photos where you're, you know, talking about your behind the scenes, do you get a little like nervous before you do it? Or are you at this I point really confident? Like, yeah. yeah. I used to get super nervous. It was funny. I was home last weekend and I was talking to my mom and I, I asked her, I said, have I ever posted anything that made you nervous or like made you cringe? Mm. And because, you know, it's like, we know our moms are following us and, you know, they know us better than anyone else. And she was like, honestly, like the first time you posted like a photo in your bra and underwear, she's like, I like was really nervous about it. And she's like, but then I started to read the comments and I started to Mm -hmm. see, and I told my mom, I said, my audience is like 97% female. So I am not doing it for the desires of men or, and number two, too. They're not sexual at all. (laughs) No. But I think that the more that I do it, and right now I'm just in such a weird season with my body and, you know, after two miscarriages and gaining weight and I was just talking to Aaron pre-show, but like finding out I have all these insensitivities and I have tons of issues going on in my body. Like it's just one of those seasons where it's like, I want to come home. Like I want to come back to my body. And so Every time I post them, it's just so affirming. And of course, there are always those one or two or three people that voice their opinions. But I am just choosing to listen to the hundreds and hundreds of positive ones. And I get excited about it now because yeah. you, you relate with me on this for a second. You know, when you mm-hmm. can look back at an image of yourself and you can remember feeling insecure or embarrassed or like remember getting dressed that day and trying to find something to cover up your flaws. And then you look yeah. back on it years from now. And you're like, girl, if only you would have known how amazing you looked. Like, what are you hiding from? And so I'm like, I want to embrace this stage of my life and just say, I know that someday I'm going to look at these and be like, dang, girl, you had it going on. And like, I'm glad that you're just, you're rolling with it, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think most people can relate with that, with that feeling. We're so critical of ourselves right in that moment. Mm -hmm. We were so trained to look for the immediate flaws versus all the incredible, beautiful parts of ourselves. And so that I think is why over time, often when we look back at pictures, you're so spot on you're like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. why did I zoom in on that one wrinkle or that like right. one tummy roll patch? And like, how did I not see all this other amazing stuff going on? 
And I think, uh, too, we're, we're almost taught, like, reverse because we look at ourselves under a microscope and we look at everyone else and admire their beauty. Like, I feel like I check out more women than men, and I am a straight female, but yes. I am, like, always <laughs> comparing myself to these other women, and that's, like, kind of what we're trained to do. And yet then we look at ourselves and we're like pinching and prodding and wrinkling and doing all these things. And it's like, they're probably looking at us and seeing us whole, just like we're seeing them whole. And why can't we give ourselves that love? You know, let's be honest. We all have this love hate relationship with Instagram, right? Find ourselves scrolling. We're hashtagging our way into oblivion, trying to crack the code on how to get more followers. And we're straight up exhausted from the rat race. I get it. That's why I want to help you. This show is made possible with the help of my totally free Insta resources that are going to help you write captions that convert, use hashtags to actually connect you to your dream clients, and so much more. Hop on over to jkinsta.com and get your hands on my resources created with you in mind. That's right. We all love free 99 and it's all waiting for you over at jkinsta.com. Go dig on in now. Absolutely. It is insane how much we give to other people and how Mm -hmm. we see them so differently from ourselves. And it's one of my, you know, favorite things to work with, with my coaching clients is, really digging into and helping them see those beautiful parts of themselves. And that's not just from a, like from the surface level standpoint, that's all the parts that make us who we are. Caitlin always talks about this story from watching the bachelorette. She talks about how she's always got people asking her whether or not they bring in makeup teams towards the end of the show for the girls who are the remaining contestants, because People say, you know, clearly they're becoming more beautiful as the show goes on. So you've, you know, at first everyone's doing their own hair and makeup. And then obviously the makeup teams come on board when there's only a few of them to do. And she's like, no, that's not the way it works at all. Mm -hmm. We all do our own hair and makeup. She didn't when she was the bachelorette, but on the show, the bachelor, they all did their Mm -hmm. own hair and makeup right all the way through. She's like, the reason you're seeing these women as being more beautiful is because you know them better. You Mm -hmm. know, their personality, you see the way that they laugh in that situation. You've seen their vulnerabilities as the show goes on. And that makes them more attractive to you. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. So an image is only sharing a very small, small piece of who we truly are and how people experience us in real life. Amen. And so speaking of that, I let's talk about social media for a few minutes. It's been a very common trend on the show. And, you know, there is so much harm done by it, but there's also so much good. So let's first talk about the tough side of social media. What are some of the biggest challenges you see people trying to navigate while online or ingesting, like you said, that eight to nine hours of media a day? Yeah, I think the, well, the, the first thing is just the amount that we're consuming, as mm-hmm. you just said, over nine hours of media a day. I mean, often people wake up the first thing they do before, like, say you're in bed with your partner or significant other before, like, 
having a cuddle with them or thinking a positive thought in your own mind. We grab our phones and we check our social media accounts. And then I think it's something like 150 times per day is the number of times we check our phone. So we are just constantly connected all of the time. And then when we look at social media, we've heard the quote a million times that social media is a highlight reel. But we are, we're constantly looking at these highly curated images that have been filtered, you know, people take 30 selfies and then they pick the very best one of that. There's all these apps now which allow people to brighten their teeth, brighten their eyes, remove that blemish very quickly, Facetune and and apps like that. And so we're just constantly comparing ourselves to something that isn't real. And while we may know that and recognize it right now at a subconscious level when we're seeing so much and it's happening all of the time, it's often we're kind of consuming it as we're listening to or taking in other things. It's impossible for us to constantly be deciphering what it is that we're seeing. And we know that it's having a fact. I mean, there's some crazy statistics out there. I think one of them I read recently is that the number one wish of girls between the ages of 11 and 17 is to be thinner. I've also read recently that girls as young as three years old are able to tell you whether or not they're skinny and skinny is an attribute that is, that is a good attribute in their mind. We know that I think another stat is 81% of 10 year olds are afraid of being fat. So Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's hard to hear those statistics and truly believe them. But when you start working with a program like free to be, and you actually get into the classrooms and hear kids that are those ages talking about things, these stats are true. They are, (laughs) they're true. So, I mean, there's that whole piece. And then there's the other piece for any parents out there who are listening right now, you know, when your kids are reaching that age where they're getting involved in social media. It's how do we navigate that as parents? How do we, how do we allow our kids the freedom to communicate on a platform that every kid is using now while still being safe and while understanding what it is that they're seeing? That's challenging. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's impossible. Like how, like, I wish there was like a filter you could put on to like remove all of that, you know? (laughs) Maybe that will be the next thing we develop. <laughs> right? Like a, a real filter? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy to think about. I think so often about like also, you know, becoming a mother and which is, you know, where you're at too. Yeah. And yeah. like how to instill that. And even, I mean, this sounds so silly, but you'll appreciate it. Is like, even when I see little girls, like I used to always say like, you're so pretty, but instead like changing the conversation, like you are so smart art or you are so capable or you are so valued instead of just immediately going right to the looks. And it's almost like retraining ourselves, reprogramming ourselves, because obviously outward appearance is the first thing we encounter a lot of times, but not teaching little girls that that's what it's about, you know? Exactly. And it requires us to retrain ourselves and our (laughs) own reactions. And it's not that you can't ever tell a child that they're they're beautiful or say they're so cute I mean that comes with it but are you also telling them all of these other things about themselves Mm -hmm. and especially as they get to that age where they're able to communicate back and forth to you are you able to drive into them those other 
inherent strengths that they have. One of the biggest things that parents can do or role models can do is just being very, very mindful about how you talk about your own body in front Mm -hmm. of them. Are you weighing yourself in front of them? Are you getting frustrated while you get dressed in the morning? Are you pinching your tummy rolls? Are you saying, I couldn't eat that? Another one I heard recently was a mom who was saying that she all of a sudden became very aware that she was taking like selfie photos of her kid and was saying, oh no, I don't like that one. Let's do another one or let's delete these ones. That's not a good one. That is teaching and role modeling to our kids right there, how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. and the importance of appearance. And that really is a very, it's probably the most important thing that a parent can do is talking positively about their own body and really being mindful about the way that they speak about their body. I think about that all the time. And it's funny too, because my mom and I just had a big conversation about this. And, you know, growing up, this is so TMI, but hey, this podcast is for that. Like (laughs) we walked around naked all the time. My mom, like she'd be in the bathtub and we'd just walk into the bathroom and talk to her and have a conversation with her. And she was never ashamed of her body or like trying to hide it. And so me and my sister, I was teased because if her and I are around, we're just walking around naked or, you know, getting ready (laughs) naked and we're like, I don't think this is normal. Like, I don't think people are normally like this. But at the same point, too, it's really interesting, you know, because my mom did Weight Watchers when we were growing up and she would cook right. us a full meal and then eat cottage cheese on the side or things like that, where right. you do pick up on it. And it does teach you things and just seeing my mom get to a place of better balance and, you know, just, I mean, she's just the most beautiful woman I know. And, you know, letting me take photos of her without makeup on and things like that, because those are the things I treasure so dearly. You know, that's who she is, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's just so, there's just so much going on there with media, with the way that we're taught and educated on how to take care of our bodies. And I think one of the main things, because the reality is, yes, there's a lot of conversation about all the terrors of social media, but it can be a really powerful tool. And I think people forget that they actually have control over their social media feed. They choose who they follow. You get to decide how often you look at it. You are in the driver's seat. So if social media isn't making you feel really good, if it's bringing up feelings of anxiety, you need to take control over the content that you're viewing. It's different than the magazines that we used to get where everything is laid out and decided for you. Now we did get to choose whether or not to buy those, but with your social account, you can really use that to your advantage. If you follow people who inspire you, if you seek out individuals who are doing things that make you feel excited about life and about the person that you are. And if you're engaging with it and building community with it, then I mean, it is, it's something that can add a really beautiful element to your life. So it's something I always recommend to people is to do a bit of a social media detox and go through. And if there's somebody or something that you're seeing, that's not really resonating with you, just unfollow them. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. (laughs) <laughs> I had like start following the ones that do inspire you. You were giving me like an epiphany, which is so 
funny because your thought process is not that crazy. But like so many people complain about social media, but like we are in control. Like you are in control of what you're ingesting, how much you're ingesting it and what you're putting out into the world. And never before have we had opportunities to have a platform to serve 100, 200, 100,000 people in our lives. So, I mean, what are we doing with them? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're doing big so, things with them. I can tell you that. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it, I mean, it is really simple concept and people can do it right away. And it's something where all of a sudden your feed can become something that's much more empowering. And we need, we need that in life right now. There's a lot going on. We live very busy lives. And I also want to touch on something as well, just to make sure that we get it in here. Because we're talking a lot about social media and the impact that it has on our self-esteem and that it has on our, our confidence. And I think that one of the most important things that we can do and that we've lost connection with while we're spending so much time connecting to all of these other things and to other people is we've forgotten how to stop and really truly connect with our own body. We spend so much time looking for advice from other people and inspiration from other people and, you know, which diet should I be on, this and that. We've completely forgotten how to tap into and connect to our body's innate wisdom. And when we do that, when we learn how to listen, that's when we can truly get in sync and find the most power from our body. Because I truly believe that this vessel that we have is our greatest tool in life in regards to what we're able to accomplish and how we experience life. So one of the simple ways of doing this is through a body scan and I'll actually send you a link to, it's like an under five minute meditation that you can do that helps you learn how to and re-engage with listening to your body so that you can understand when you're hungry, when you're full, when you need exercise, when you need rest, when are you feeling like you need social time, all of these things that we've we've completely forgotten how to tap into. And when we start to listen to what our body's asking for, I really believe that everything starts to fall into place from that foundation. And not only things like your weight and your energy levels, but also your self-esteem, your confidence, the people that you surround yourself with, your career path, everything. It stems from learning to listen to your body and acknowledging what it's saying, which is really my definition for self-love. You are like making me teary-eyed over here because like we need this like more (laughs) than ever. And I mean, Erin and I were just talking before we got on the call because they just got off of a phone call with my fertility doctor. And, you know, it is funny. Like I think so much about how seldom I can sit and just be quiet with myself and how much of a struggle it is. I mean, we are constantly scrolling or opening apps when we're waiting in line for a coffee or waiting for our coffee to brew or driving. I think that people truly text and drive because they cannot be alone with their thoughts, not because a message is so important to be sent, but because we do not know how to just be any longer. No, we don't. And it, again, like with the coaching stuff as well, it's it. we spend multiple sessions working on how do you be mindful? How do you actually exist in the moment that you're in? And everyone's so scared to do that because 
what if I fall behind or what if I'm not organized or I'm not thinking about what is happening with dinner. But in the meantime, we're completely missing out on life. Mm-hmm. We're creating a million stories in our mind that create anxiety by thinking about what happened in the past or what's coming down the pipeline. And it's actually very simple to spend a few moments every day in while doing tasks. You don't necessarily have to sit down and meditate for 45 minutes or an hour. But while doing the the everyday things that we do to actually just exist in that moment to Mm -hmm. connect with your breath. And one of the best times to do this is while we're eating. I mean, you can raise your hand silently in your room right now if you've ever (laughs) eaten or inhaled something sitting in front of the computer, like on in transit, on your way from one thing to the next, at a meeting, in front of the TV. You finish it. You have no idea what you even just ate or put into your body. You have no idea if you were full 20 minutes ago, if you're still hungry. And we wonder why, you know, we're not able to kind of find that happy place with our weight or why our digestive system feels totally crappy. So one of the easiest ways to do that is just pick one meal a day and just when you're eating it, just eat the meal. Mm-hmm. Put your phone away, <laughs> maybe have a conversation with somebody, put your phone away, but just notice the flavors of the food that you're eating. Notice how the chair you're sitting in feels, look around the room, what's the light doing and are you hungry? Are you full? How does that taste? Actually be in the moment with whatever it is that you're eating. And you can do that doing anything, even when you're driving into work for a moment, like feel the steering wheel on your hand, notice the sounds that other cars are making, connect with your breath and actually notice, are you breathing deeply into your stomach or are you still breathing, you know, up really high in your chest? And when we find these little pockets throughout the day where we're actually able to live in the moment and be in the moment... We're able to connect with our body a little bit more, hear what it's telling us. And that is the starting point or the foundation, I believe, for really, really feeling good in the body that we have. Well, I am taking your challenge because I am a notorious TV food eater. And we have a dining room table that has been sat at very infrequently. So challenge accepted. I will report back to everyone with how that is going. But Erin, you are just such an inspirational woman. And I know that sometimes when you are going after a cause that you so deeply believe in, sometimes it can feel like, what am I doing this for? Or is this making a difference? And I want to affirm you today that every single project your hands are in right now is making such a difference in other people's lives. Thank you. That means so much coming from you and gives me full body goosebumps. Yay! I love the goosebumps. So where can everybody find you, connect with you, learn more about Raw Beauty Talks and you as a whole? On our website, so rawbeautytalks.com, on Instagram, at rawbeautytalks. I'm also going to send over some links. One is a free document called 21 Ways to Build Self-Love, the practice. And I'll send over that mind-body-soul meditation as well so that people can tap into that. But yeah, our website and Instagram is definitely where we've got the most conversation content happening. 
Incredible. And you can find all of these resources and more in the show notes at jennicadgerblog.com or thegolddiggerpodcast.com. Erin, thank you so much for being a part of this. I am getting off of this interview and going and taking a raw photo to share today in support of your cause. I am just so, so honored to be your friend. Thank you, Jenna. Right back at you. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, you gold digging dream chaser you.